Hey Danny. <clears throat> hey Luke, how are we doing? Not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So uh, I've got with me now the man. You are the managing director, aren't you, Danny? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, managing director of Full City Ladies, who's uh, who's very kindly um, agreed to be on our our podcast. They've they sponsored us right from near the beginning, so obviously we're very grateful to Danny and, and all the support that City Ladies has given us. Um, and obviously we've got Danny on for a chat. So Danny, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Luke. Good to be here. Um, and I just wanted to start really, mate, by asking just a little bit of the background of, of City Ladies and, and how your involvement came about. So like, how long have you been there and, and how did being involved with City Ladies come about? Yeah, it's been some journey. Um, so I've been involved now for just over six years, probably six and a half years to be more precise. And it was a me coming back from playing in Ireland. Obviously, I'm whole born and bred, and I got a request from a, a, an old friend of mine. Would I come and um, do a training session? Um, and I was sort of like, "Well, women's football. Not sure what that's about. I'm still sort of playing. I didn't know what my future looked like." Um, so I was still in training myself, just ready to find a new club, really. Um, but then that that conversation then soon quickly turned into, well, can you come and at least meet with us for a coffee? That's when I got introduced to Rachel Gay, um, who, who, who was running the club at the time as manager. And she'd mm-hmm. been there um, for two years at that point, I think. They'd merged with... Full City Ladies had merged with Beverly Town, which, again, Rachel had involvement with. And, yeah, we met for a costly in Beverly. I remember it well. And uh, ticed me in. And uh, that turned into one training session. One training session turned into a month and seeing out a season. And then that turned into, you know, being being head coach and um, sort of developed into my role today of uh, owner of the, the club and... Um, yeah, general day-to-day management of it, really. So that's, that's quite mad that you've gone from, like, just ad hoc, oh, can you just do a training session for us, to then taking over as manager and then taking over as, as managing director. It's quite a journey, isn't it? It, um, it is. And I think that's what football does. And I think that's the beauty of football is that, you know, I my intention was generally just to give something back um to the city and, and to football, which has been, you know, really good to me over the years. Um, and, th- and that's it. it. You know, it can change overnight. It, once you're involved in football, it, it can lead you down different paths. Um, and and this one is, you know, it's ongoing now and it, I've, I've got my teeth st- stuck well into this um, new role and we keep developing year on year and um, it's it, next year's coming up to our 20th year anniversary. So we, we I recognise that there's been, you know, plenty of volunteers and plenty of people involved with the club prior to me, you know, in my six and a mm. half years of that 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 20 years. But um, I think we're at a, a level and a place now in women and girls football where it's, it's just a huge industry and probably the fastest growing um, sport and, and business in the world at the minute. Yeah, I mean, just just a bit of background then for people. Because obviously, people listen to the podcast you know, for both city ladies and and for the for for city men. But 
it's crucial to kind of put across there. And I think when I've met with you on different occasions, you've, you've, you've kind of made it quite clear that even though you go by Hull City Ladies, it's, it's not affiliated with a men's club, is it? No, that's right. Um, so how does how does that work? Do you just is it a completely separate business model? There's no kind of involvement with the club at all. Yeah, well, when I when I first arrived at the club, like say six and a half years ago, um, it it was at the back end of of a season, and I used that sort of two or three months just to get used to knowing all this information, you know, finding out yeah. that there was only one senior team um, when I was expecting, you know, a, a reserve team and, and a youth system. And I was very naive to what I'd come out of and, and what I was stepping into. Um, and I think it, that was a case of then finding out who will lose the owners of this. And, it, and you know, with all due respect, and Rachel did a fantastic job of, of at that time in developing and pulling different people in, Um and how she grew it, she just wanted to make sure that they got onto the next level because she knew they had the talent there and players. And that was where obviously came in as a coach. Um, and soon quickly, you know, found out from Rachel that, you know, we did have a soft connection with the men's team. Mm. Um, and that was through sponsorship. Um, the, the, the sort of, Clarity on that, though it was, it was almost, you know, it was the Alums that were, were obviously owners now, and that, that were uh, supporting the club, and they put um, a, a small amount into the women's section, which you know allowed us to compete. Really, um, I think as we grew there in, in coming seasons, and we got we got promotions and things, and that's when I sort of was setting this like a five-year, six-year plan at that point and was saying, look, we're going to get promoted out of these leagues. I had full confidence in the players that we had, that they were too good for the level that there was at. And yeah. then we grew. It was a case of having a conversation. So me and Rachel went and sat with the owners and, and had a discussion. But at that time, it was really difficult because I think as we was growing, the current situation with a men's club is that they was going for a name change yeah with that going on obviously we was in the you know the local media spotlight at that time um because we weren't yet nationalized but um and we was getting sort of backlashes and things of of, about the situation what was going on and a lot of questions asked so the, the again there's two different ways of looking at what happened next in terms of them pulling out of um you know, support and sponsorship of the club. And one of them is obviously, you know, the, the name chain, we're getting a lot of backlash and stuff. And or secondly, you know, they just didn't have the um, understanding or time of day for, for what the, the women and girls were, were doing in football. Um, so, yeah, in the, I, I think I've summarised it then. <clears throat> the, um, sort of our, our independence. So we, we, at that point, we was the league below, so it was tier four that we'd just got into, and yeah, we made that breakaway, so it was a question then about well, where do our funds come from, and how we're going to survive, and, and and you know, make them steps to the levels that we want to get to, so it was um, it was a complete restructure, and yeah, that's when I looked at other models that had been carried out of independent clubs, and 
Um, just had to approach it from a real business sort of point of view and a strategy in place to to allow us to get them funds to compete really and yeah i think at that point in time we it was it was hard because if people would have asked and and said look do you need the men's club in support and what you what you're doing with the women and where you want to get to i would have probably said yes we do need that um however we fast forward sort of three four years and where we are now I think you know don't get me wrong I think we'll always have a conversation always happy to to look at um embracement however that may look like in in you know men's and the women's game um but uh, currently we, we we're a standalone and we've got some really um fantastic supporters um so then you know our main sponsor who's been with us now for the past um two or three seasons in walls engineering they've been they've been really really good in in terms of understanding what we're trying to achieve and um yeah it's they've been on hand so i think at, at the present time we're, we're looking to expand we're looking to drive forward to the next tiers uh, of football and you know we want to embrace local uh businesses um and organisations to, to to propel us in in that direction uh, before we you know sort of stretch out sort of more nationalised and and worldwide sponsors would 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 rather try and keep it local if we can but um, you know the the the, fu- the future is exciting and we've um, we've got some really robust plans to 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 share in the in the upcoming future. That's great. I mean, what a just maybe some information for for people who maybe be aware of the city ladies team, but but maybe don't know an awful lot about it. You you are in tier three to tier three of women's football, aren't you? Which is what northern is it? Northern division? It's the, yeah, it's the national league. So uh, obviously, yeah. it's the it's the equivalent of where the uh, the current men's team is. You know, yeah. if, you, if you look yeah. at it like that, but above us is the. The pinnacle, which you know, would be the Super League, which is equivalent to the Premier League. Then you have the Women's yeah. Championship, which again is similar to the Men's Championship, yeah. and then you have the Women's National League, um, which we're in, which is equivalent to League One. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we're in effect we're the, you know, we're the highest competing football team in the the, the region really, and it becomes more niche that you know we're the. With, with it being a women and girls side as well. <clears throat> That's it. I mean, this season so far, obviously, am I right in saying that Adrian Costello is the manager and he started for this season? Is that right? Yeah. Um, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be a year in um, January now. Um, so it's coming up. He came back into last season, but this is his first like full season, isn't it? In management, yeah, if we can call it a full season, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, it would have been a full season in normal circumstances, I suppose. That's right, but... um, yeah. So, we knew, we've known AD for years now, and um, obviously, we, we wind into back to last season, um, at this at this level. Um, it, it's a it's a tough, tough league, and you know, it gets tougher mm. every season and as the women games develop, but um. Yeah, myself and Rachel, we, you know, we, we had an honest discussion with each other and it was really refreshing, actually. And it just showed, like, the strength of our 
relationship, you know, in terms of what we want best for all city ladies and the players and, you know, our personal relationship as well. We're very good friends and we had an honest discussion with each other just before Christmas and looked at our current situation where I was in the league and we did, it just needed freshening up. So we almost sacked ourselves, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we Yeah, and it, I got news that AD had just come back because uh, we knew AD Wealth, you know, over the years from being at the York RTC and, you know, the firm yeah. support and coming down watching the girls and the players um, compete match day. So I just did that he'd come back um, from managing in Sweden, which he had a really successful spell at. And yeah, it was a case of just um, pulling AD in and having a having a discussion and seeing what um, if if there was any interest really. So we, myself and Rachel, went and had a, a coffee again at um, Village Hotel, <laughs> where we meet on match days. And yeah, it stemmed from there. And thankfully, you know, he wanted a new challenge and something that was a uh, more local. Obviously, we've been, you know, abroad for, for a number of years. He wanted to be back with his family and more local, which, and he wanted a challenge. And this, this certainly was a challenge. So he did, I felt sorry for Eddie because he didn't really get, get going because I think he joined in January there. And then as we know, COVID sort of kicked in in March the fixtures yeah. that we had at that time with the weather and being called off. Um, he really didn't get a, a good run at all. So it was sort of really stop start. So, um, yeah, I think um, that that has been the story this season as well. So he's had a full, a full year, but <laughs> not really as many games as he'd like to manage. I would have yeah, thought. that's right. And, to be honest, you can see the work that's being carried out. Um, just with the, not only with the players, but you know, in terms of the the staff and what he's trying to implement, and he's very competitive, and um, you can see that in the players. And it just again, it brought a, uh, a new dimension and a, and a, it refreshed the, the the playing squad that we had and. You know, since he took over, he's enhanced that. He's brought, he's brought a few girls in. Um, I mean, we've got a, a young keeper that you know was at the York RTC and England international, and and he, again, he's worked with worked with these players, and he's not scared of putting them in. You know, if they're 16, 17, he'll give them an opportunity. So, you know, with and on the other end of the scale, you know, you've got your sort of more senior players that. Again, they've just bought into everything that that is sort of doing, and um, yeah, we're really happy with where we're at at the minute. Because obviously, you're, like you say, you've got a mixture of of youth and experience um, throughout the squad, and you've got you've had quite a few uh, good good results this this year so far. I know that we've had a shutdown of the league and everything, just <laughs> as lower lower league football did, but. Um, there's been some promising performances, haven't they, in such a competitive league this season so far? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, no, I mean, we start the season and we're away at Middlesbrough, and you think, yeah, crikey, you know, we've had we've had six months off. Um, you know, again due to coronavirus from March till September last season, so preparations and where the plays were going to be at, um, you know, it was it was an unknown and. We went away to Middlesbrough with with confidence. Um, I know certainly the staff and Eddie expected to go down there and, you know, 
really compete and get something from the game and um you know from many outsiders in and Middlesbrough I think expected to see a whole city ladies that you know from last season and maybe a walkover as such but um no the, the girls were fantastic that day opening game and we drew one all and if, if not for the probably the best save I've seen since I've been involved in in women's football live, the the the, the save that the Middlesbrough keeper made in the ninety third minute last kick, our striker Beachy, you know, records in incredible goal scoring records. She um she she pulled it out of the top corner. It was unbelievable, but we only came away with a point. And would we have took a point before we went? Yes, we would. But you know, as you watch the game and you'd see it all unveiled and. The effort from the players, we've you know we've probably we've probably deserved that to to pick up the three points. So then, yeah, we we went. We knew then the following week would be up against Sunderland, who have been at top of the table um, previous season, and the again fantastic squad, uh, fantastic team, and we um, yeah. So we was hosting them at home, and again expectations, and um, they were. Big favourites, but we uh, managed to get the victory, and that that sort of really give us impetus for the you know the the next few games that we would manage to play. And the players, you could see an air of confidence about them. They had a swag about them all of a sudden, and um, mm. it, it was really nice to see that you know that that two one victory against Sunderland just showed that they can compete with the best of them and. Um, and when you've got youngsters coming through as well now, and they're getting opportunities as well, it it, it really is. It's really exciting to see where 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 it can take us. It's, it's such a kind of so much more developed than it previously was. I think coming away from a, a top team like Middlesbrough, being disappointed with getting a point as opposed to what it may have been to a, like one or two years ago, is testament to the work that everyone's put in really isn't it oh, absolutely yeah there's so many people doing so many good things um let's say we've got the on the field staff you know he's got there there's ad andy paul tommy dan josh yeah i've probably missed a lot off there because i know tommy's analysis <laughs> uh team of, and he's got about four or five in his team alone and that's where that's what we've got. That's what we've created over a length of time is that professionalism. Um, even though we're, we're not professional, we'll, we'll carry out and we will perform like we're already competing at that level. That's part of our goal is to is to be at the next level. And where do we see ourselves? Mm-hmm. And you know, if our goals are scaring us as as players, as managers, as, as owners, then you know we're not we're not going to um, we're not going to compete. We're not going to get there. So, we, like I say, there's even off the field. We talk about this fifty percent on the field and fifty percent off the field. Um, we know Blackburn; they've won this league um, a couple of seasons ago now, and they're they're competing the championship level now in tier two. And they won this league for three seasons on the trot. They didn't get promoted until the third time, um, having won it, you know, three 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 years on the trot, and that was because. They was ready on the field, but they weren't ready off the field. Um, so that mm. again comes back down to my decision making and um, sacrificing and doing things that you maybe don't want to or you don't like in order to achieve a greater success. So 
was a case of bringing somebody in that you know we could trust and that had that ambition and the drive and we've got that in AD and he's, he's, he's superb he's you know more than qualified and we've spoke about what he's brought to the team so it's about us now off the field and making sure we have everything in place over the next few seasons now to not only to get there, but to make it sustainable as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah um, just going back to the games as well, it's like even the last game we played was the 25th of October. Um, I'm moving yeah. into games at the minute, but and we're looking at a restart, but the 25th of October we played away at Nottingham Forest again, another top team who've been in I was um, I was going to ask you about that one because you I think that finished two two but you were two 0 up weren't you? Yeah, you'd really shocked them <laughs> to the to the ninetieth minute we was two 0 up. Uh, yeah, and again because of COVID restrictions, I was following it at home and I was you know I was so anxious and really well. I was in the room <laughs> and I I was up pacing up and down and I saw it go to two one in I think in the ninetieth minute. Um, I think we was down to 10 men as well at that point because um, of an injury and we'd made the subs. And yeah, and then they, they equalised probably last kick of the game, last minute, and finished 2 2 after Beachy and Emily. Again, two experienced players had, had, had us 2 0 up. But listening to AD and I spoke to him after the game and um, listening to the rest of the staff and the feedback that we got was it was incredible. Again, would we have took mm-hmm. the point before? Yeah, we probably would have. But again, the, it was just the fact that the, we had, I think it was on the day, they, they did the stats or something. I think at, at one point, I think they, they said that every player on the pitch, um, they had a, an average age of something like 20 years old. Uh, and really? we had we had a, a 16-year-old girl playing at centre-back who was making a first team debut? Um, <laughs> what game to be thrown yeah, in? Sixteen-year-old, you know, keeper in in net, playing at this level for the first time, and they all, you know, they didn't just, um, you know, just just play the game and 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 get carried through by our other plays. They actually really stamped their authority on on the game, and the again you've got. Players like that getting that sort of experience, it's frightening to think about, you know, 20, average 20 years old, what what the future holds, you know, if we keep these players together, um, which they have a really tight bond, all of them, and the, what the future holds is just, it, 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 it's scary, it really is. I mean, one of... One of the other things I was going to ask you about was um, there's a couple of couple more things I was going to ask you about. Now I'll, I'll I'll wrap up, but one of them was the move back to Aworth Park because last year you were at North Ferriby, weren't you? Uh, the Dransfield, and I know now that you sh- you have a partnership with Hall Road. So I, I wondered if you just uh, just talk a little bit about that to start with. Yeah, well, it's something that we're familiar with being at Aworth Park. We played from there for a, a full season back when we got promoted to. Yeah, um, tier four, uh, the, the tier below where we're at now. Uh, yeah, we 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 played there because of requirements and stuff for the standard and level was playing that we needed to be there, um, and it went really well. Um, and then through partnerships and whatnot, we moved elsewhere after that. Um, but yeah, that just showed our growth and and it was a big move to go to North Ferriby first and foremost last season. Um, 
and the guys down there i mean i met with les Hare, the chairman and he was he was fantastic in 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 accommodating us the 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 supporters down there the 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 love the football and um they really came out in force to support you know the whole city ladies as well uh whilst we was based there and it was a really tough decision i think moving into this season and well cut certainly coming out of last season um which we didn't complete and we had plenty of home games left i think over that christmas period that i mentioned earlier um i think it was 120 days plus um that went by before we had a home game that was just again <laughs> due to fixtures due to weather um various factors so we had this backlog and, and catch-up and home games and things, and it was really, really difficult. And we was due to play them, obviously, down at uh, um, North Ferrobrines. We was really looking forward to it and what we had planned. Uh, so match days were we create a family environment and, and inclusive for, for, you know, families and uh, men, women, children. It, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing to to have down there and facilities down at Ferrobrines. The pitch as well it was remarkable. Um, so yeah, we had everything set up, and it, speaking like this, you think, well, why would we move with all that going on? And I think it, it came down to a few really, really tough decisions. Um, you know, there's the financial elements, um, which are again, not favorable, were really good, and Les was really good at trying to work with us on that that front. And um, you know, I had an honest discussion with him, and. It, it was not just the financial, it was accumulation of things. It was that. There was also, we're whole city ladies, but we're playing out therapy. So, mm, you know, it yeah. was important. And we, we talked to, you know, sponsors and, and, and committee members and um, even players and about being back in Hull. And that was important to us. And then I think it's the bigger picture of where we're, what, what we're planning, what we're going to be doing in the future. Um. So yeah, that that that, and there was an opportunity, like say, to go to here. With was familiar with it. Um, there was again, there was pros and cons to the decision, but um, it's one that you know at the time it was was it going to work? Is it not going to work? But thankfully, at the minute, it's been great. And Darren and Dave down at um, All Road and have been fantastic in accommodating us. And you know, we've we've got signage up there. We've had staff chipping in and painting stands and you know hot, I think it was the hottest day of the year back in the summer and was all out with paint bushes myself included which I, I think I've only just about recovered from uh, <laughs> the, the uh, it, it, it has it's been great just to to be back in Hull ultimately I think and it's a, it's a real shame what's happened this season I think many clubs are struggling at the minute um, whether it's grassroots semi-pro whatever you label them up as because, you know, without fans and supporters coming in um, and being able to watch the game, you know, f- from from a club point of view, it's so important to have them. You know, not just for the, the feel on the pitch and the players feeding off them, but, you know, that, that couple of pounds that they put behind the bar, you know, they've got a great bar facility mm. down here with, you know, to, to be able to just do that. Um you know, to pay on the gate to to get in to watch the our players, the standard that 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 they're performing at, it's it's money well spent. And I think 
it's it's just a shame that we that we've lost them at the minute down at Hayworth. And we had a, a real um we've got a really good marketing team. Um and we had some really exciting stuff planned. Um but again, all of that is has has uh been put on hold just because of the current situation that we're in. Um, you know, with I know certainly the prize Mr. Support has been there. Um that includes, mm. you know, the family members, the friends, the you know, we we were targeting new supporters because I'm fully aware that you know the men's game and stuff. There's people who maybe have this idea, and it's something that I keep questioning and keep asking people: is that you know you might go and watch your men's football, but what about coming to try and watch the women's football? Why why wouldn't you? What are you what are you looking mm. for that we can't provide? And they, you know, I've had many discussions, and the only thing that the that we can't do is probably provide that stadia feel. There isn't seating down, you know, mm. around the pitch. But other than that, as you know, Luke, you, you go to non-league football, and sometimes mm. it's more intimate. You know, the, the, there's fans and supporters that know and can connect with these players. So we know what our strengths are and we know what we've got and where we want to be. Um, and we just, yeah, I just can't, can't wait to... Um, get back and, and get supporters back in, in, in the Irworth Park and watching these incredible players um, compete. Well, you, you kind of went on to the next point I was going to ask you about, which was uh, the lack of fans, because obviously the next game that you play is the 13th, which is Sunday coming, isn't it? Um, Loughborough Foxes, That's I want right. to say. Uh... Um, but, I mean, there's, it's behind closed doors, isn't it? So, are there any plans... Is, do, you, do you literally have to wait until we're out of tier three before fans can come back to Hayworth Park to watch City Ladies? Or, or do you have any more information about that if people wanted to come down and watch? Yeah, so our next game is, you're right, is the 13th of December, Sunday the 13th against Loughborough Fox. There's 12 teams in our league. and We're currently mm. in 10th position. We've only played six games, won one, drawn two, lost three. So we sit on five points. The two teams below us, one is in 12th place at the minute, is Loughborough. So, again, there'll be mm. an expectation that we, you know, we'll pick up three points there at home. Um, it's going to be the same for both teams. We've both won't have played any, any sort of football competitively for the past sort of two months. So, yeah, 13 for December. But unfortunately, again, it's behind, behind closed doors. And then the, the following week, the 20th of December, we've got 11th place uh, Sheffield FC at home. Um, so, again, two big games, both at home. And, yeah, because we're in Tier 3 category with uh, the current pandemic where we, we can't have supporters in. Um, we've pre, pre-lockdown this one um, and this situation, we was allowed up to 300 supporters in at the ground. Um, we, we, when the environment was great, we had a night game against Huddersfield that was well attended. Um, and again, our other home Sunday game, Sunderland, there was a great atmosphere down there. And it's just a shame that we can't have it, but it's one that I sort of understand. And um, again, speaking to our COVID officer, we've got all... Everything implemented, you know, Hall Road and ourselves work mm. very closely in trying to um, 
provide a safe environment, which you know we've we've managed to do, and we've had situations with with our club and and even the FA Women's National League. They've changed their policies even on on the back of what we've done. So it's actually gone from club level us to feeding into the Women's National League and furthermore into the FA, where we our COVID office has done a fabulous job in in transforming their policies and procedures around what what we're doing. Um, so yeah, it, we just can't wait to to get them back, really. And um, and I know the players will miss um, the fans not being there, but they're itching. They really are eager to get back playing. I keep speaking to Adi. The players back in training now, and you know you can just feel the energy from from Adi and uh, what he's telling me about the players, and he's feeding off them. Um, so they're all absolutely itching to to get back playing. Um, on, on the 13th and we've tried to implement and put things in place to accommodate so for example you know we've sold season passes we have season pass holders and what do we do because obviously we're in this current situation um, there'll be supporters new supporters that will maybe want to see what's going on um, so what we've done is we've spoken to our marketing team we've spoken to the um, analysis team and our um, filming digital guys and they've come up with a fantastic package that's available where supporters can get uh, highlights of the game, they can get the match day programme, they can get a certificate of, of, of support for, for our club and they'll be entered in a free draw to win a sign Sign share as well, and well, that's on the that's on their website, our website at um, wholecitylady.com to purchase for six pounds. Um, obviously, we'd like it people in person to be there and experience all that and purchase, um, you know, the programs at hand and stuff. So we've put that digital package together just in terms of offering our support or something, but also, um, yeah, just to. Let, let, let the players know that the the support hasn't gone. That the, 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 there is people out there who are who are looking for us to to achieve and get drive on with our goals. And yeah, and and, and again, the questions that I'll be asking what what what's happening with the season passing. So they will get them for free. So all our season pass holders will purchase them. They'll be sent out um, free match highlights. Um, like I say, what the full package? So we're doing we're doing all we can, you know, in a, in a and being flexible in a, what is a difficult situation at the minute. Well, it certainly is, but I I will say that um, obviously with all the you, clubs like Hull City Men's and stuff, they have all the season pass holders, but these feel more co- the the season pass holders for City Ladies feel more connected to the club, as you say, don't they? Because it's such like a tight knit community, and they make such a difference when they're in that small kind of. Um, like semi-pro style stadium, that you want the 150, 200 people there, and it and it kind of feels a little bit more personal. So, obviously, if if people want to sign up, they just go to is it hullcityladies.com and or the, the, you're on Twitter and Facebook and all the usual socials out here with Hull City Ladies. They can find the information out there. Yeah, can't that's they? right. Um, it, it's a great time, like I say, to be part of you know women and girls football as a whole. So you know. I, I, Anyone who's listening and they haven't experienced it before, you know, go and see your local women's team. You know, it might not be Hull City. Go and, go and visit your, you know, your local team, and 
whether it be men or women that is even as well and realize that the support provided to them um we've seen it documented recently you know there was charges for these televised you know premier league games and so forth and you know yeah yeah Pay-per-view, pay-per-view yes. was like 15 quid a time and all that and sort of stuff. There was a lot, yeah. of, lot of press over that and, that, and compa- comparing that to, you know, your local clubs. And it, and it goes without saying, I don't think that was, personally, I don't think it was necessary. I think it's common sense that your local clubs, your, your local town or, or, or village or city that you may be in, go and show your support. It's so much more than just football. You know, you can meet you can meet with your mm. friends, you can have a drink, you can, you know, um meet new people, you can connect with the players. I mean, we've had supporters that have even um sponsored players this season. I mean, we've got player sponsorships that, you know, even go abroad. We've got international player sponsors, uh, but we've also then got local sponsors which, you know, have come off the back of somebody coming down to a game, liking what they're seeing and understanding they want to support a little bit more and get a little bit closer, which, you know, we've, we that does off, we do offer that. And it's, it is, it's a really good, feel-good club and uh, family club at that as well. That's great stuff. Listen, Danny, thanks so much for joining me. I think we've chatted for about 40 <laughs> minutes or so, so it's... it's uh, <laughs> I said 20 originally, we just enjoyed the chat, but it's, it's great to talk about City Ladies. And obviously it's uh, on a personal level, me and and obviously Rich Rich isn't here with the conversation, but on behalf of both of us, the, the support you've given us since the start has been great. So anything we can do to, to further the, the ladies um, is obviously is obviously there for you yeah. as well. So I look forward to more chats and hopefully coming to games in the, in the coming yeah. months. And cheering the uh, cheering the girls yeah, on, I suppose. No, thanks for having me on, Luke. It's much appreciated, and um, yeah, I hope to see you soon. At, uh, once we're allowed fans back, and um, yeah, hopefully we can even our uh, partnership, you know, with with yourselves there, we we can further extend that. It's been difficult times for everybody, but hope everyone stays yeah. safe, and hopefully see everyone here with Park in the near future. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. We'll see you soon, Danny. And good to speak to you. Cheers, mate. Thank you.